In the great halls of USA Today, we assemble the newsroom's mightiest nerds, Brett Molina. I'm so sorry for the producer of this podcast. <laughs> Kelly Lawler. I will fight you on it. Brian Truitt. Spoiler town! <laughs> Together, they form The Mothership. Their mission? To harness their collective encyclopedic knowledge of nerdiness in all its forms. To dissect every trailer, plot twist, and game released for the geekiest of fans. The Mothership. Saving the universe from bad comic book adaptations every Friday. All aboard the Mothership, the Geek Culture Podcast from the USA Today Network. Thanks for joining us, and happy Friday, everyone. What is up? Let's meet the crew. I'm Brett Molina. I play video games. And my favorite Best Picture Oscar winner of this century is Gladiator. Me doing the thumb down thing that Joaquin Phoenix does. <laughs> Would it be thumbs up? Well, uh, yeah, that's a good point. I should reverse. <laughs> good call. Yeah. Uh, I'm Brian Truitt. I watch movies. And my favorite Best Picture Oscar winner of the century is Chicago. I love a good musical. <laughs> Nothing beats it. Nope. If this is your first time listening, welcome. New episodes of The Mothership drop every Friday, and you can subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you like to listen. While you're on Apple Podcasts, it would be awesome if you could write a quick review about the show. By doing that, you'll help other fans who love nerdy pop culture find us. As a special thank you, we'll also give you a shout out on the next episode. If we had our own personal Oscar, we would give you one as well. But alas, you'll have to settle for a shout out. Um, so try it out. Tell us what you want to see from the show moving forward. It's all upside for you. Also, just a reminder, we said this last week, we're now on Spotify. So if you're looking for podcasts on Spotify, we're right there waiting for you. Uh, don't forget, along with leaving a review, you can get in touch with us on Twitter. We're at Mothership Pod, or you can send an email to MothershipPod at USAToday.com. Uh, on to the main topic. Here's a clip. Somewhere in space, this may all be happening right now. <laughs> 20th Century Fox and George Lucas, the man who brought you American graffiti, now bring you an adventure unlike anything on your planet. Star Wars. Here they come. Coming too fast. The story of a boy, a girl, and a universe. It's a spectacle. Light years ahead of its time. I am C-3PO, human-cyborg relations, and this is my counterpart, R2-D2. Okay, if you listen to this podcast regularly, you probably know that's from Star Wars. And if you didn't, you need to stop listening and go listen to something else. Please go watch Star Wars Go watch Star Wars, please. Star Wars. Star Wars 77, as Brian likes to call it. But fun fact, did you know that George Lucas's original film was up for Best Picture at the Academy Awards? If you didn't see the Academy Awards that year, Annie Hall won. So sorry to disappoint. But, you know, it lost even though it was one of the most influential movies ever made. So this week we're going to look at the Oscars. We're going to look at Oscar history. Specifically, we're going to look at the best pictures because there's a lot of interesting years and a lot of interesting winners. And there's just a lot to digest. Um, Before we dig into previous history, we should probably dig into... This year's Oscars, which are, I believe, February 9th, Brian. Am I getting You that are right? correct. Okay. So let's run down the nominees. We're going to talk a little bit about this year's nominees, who are the favorites, all that fun stuff. And then we'll dig into some of the past history with Best Picture, the winners, and a little bit of who we think should have won certain years and who the winners were that year. 
So let's start with 2020 Oscars. This year's nominees are Ford vs. Ferrari, which Brian I know absolutely loves. Yes. The Irishman. Jojo Rat. Yeah. <laughs> Jojo is the best movie last year. Uh, Joker. Nah. Little Women. Really good. Marriage Story. Really good. 1917. Really good. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Good. Parasite. Really good. Okay, let's start here. Who's the favorite? I've heard a lot about 1917. It'll be interesting to kind of see who wins the Directors Guild Award this Saturday because that'll be a good predictor for what could win because that's always been a, a pretty good predictor. They've The the DGA Award and Best Picture have, have um, overlapped a lot. Um, I believe Parasite won Screen Actors Guild recently, didn't they? Yes, it won Best Cast. And then um, 1917 won the Producers Guild Award, which is another bellwether. Um, I, right now, it's it's probably one of those two. Um, last year, Green Book won the PGA. So that's why a lot of people think 1917 could, could get it. And I think 1917, now that it's out in the theaters, a lot of people are going to see it. Just more, you know, there's a lot of love for it. Because it's really, I mean, it's of of these movies, it is the one real like technical achievement. In now, there. now for those who aren't familiar, I think is this the one that was done in one take? Yeah, well, it's not. It's edited and created as one as one like long take. So it's pretty much it's like two hours of real time, but it's 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 intense. It's not a war movie. It's more like a thriller of two guys trying to stay alive, and they don't know where a sniper is going to be, or they don't know when like a cave's going to like. You know, or a trench is gonna um, fall in on them. You know, it's it's like it's it's really immersive and really visceral. Of all the movies I just mentioned, what's the one that would shock you the most if they won? At this point, I probably probably Ford vs Ferrari because it hasn't won anything. I mean, it's just like it it'll probably it might win some technical awards, but like it it really hasn't won anything. But the thing about the Best Picture race and why it's probably most interesting and it's usually most interesting in most years but especially this year when like we we pretty much know the act actors who are going to win their everything joaquin phoenix has won everything lord dern's won everything renee zellberg won everything brad pitt's won everything i think you're going to have those four win so you know that's kind of boring but the the fact of like best picture it's it's preferential voting so you know it's not just like whoever gets the most votes wins. There's a whole process of like it's a ranking system. Yeah, it's a ranking system. You know, it goes through on the first round of voting. If some movie doesn't have enough to win points to win, they'll go they'll get rid of some and do it again. So it's more likely that, but if a movie gets a lot of second or third choices, they have a better chance of winning sometimes than number ones. And that's how you end up with like Green Book winning. Because, like, A Star is Born is, is, like, you know, this major, like, heavyweight. But then you have Green Book or, like, something like Spotlight, where it's just, like, they didn't win a lot of other awards. But, like, because of preferential voting, they might have won that this one because it, was, it wasn't everybody's favorite, but it was, like, the, a lot of second and thirds. Okay. So, you know, let's look back to previous history now because... It's interesting going through and you see all the Academy Award winners because there are some that, oh, yeah, it's clear that they won. You know, it's obvious. There are some where the years are just so stacked, it's unreal. Like, it's kind of shocking, like, seeing some of the movies that were up against each other. Right. But then you see some movies where it's like, yeah, they won, but 
Does anybody really care about this movie at all now? Hindsight is always twenty twenty. True. I think we started there. But it is really interesting. You know, you look at, you know, Citizen Kane is pretty much widely known as the greatest movie ever made. But it lost. It lost to How Green Was My Valley. Who in the world, <laughs> in today's world, has seen how, how Green Was My Valley? Probably not a lot of people. I mean, that's an interesting little bit of trivia because it's just like even the greatest film in the, you know, uh, in history can't even win this. <laughs> it's really interesting. There's times when, you know, things got right. The one, the one year where it was like Rocky and all the president's men and network. It's just like any of those movies could have won. And it's like Rocky ended up being, being the pick. And it's just like, okay, I, I, I can live with that. And even Annie Hall beating Star Wars is, you know, at that moment, Woody Allen comedy classic was a bigger deal than like this weird little sci-fi movie that like had taken Hollywood by storm. We just didn't know like the next 42 years and how big Star Wars would become. That best picture running in, I think it was 1976, which I think would have been the 77 Oscars. That one was incredible because you said you had Rocky, had all the president's men, it had network and it had taxi driver, which are four. Any of those. Yeah, all classics. Exactly. And that's just, I don't know who you pick. That's like a pick almost. Yeah. The one that always stuck with me was the Oscars in um, for 1990. So I guess this would have been the 91 Oscars. That had Dances with Wolves, which won, beat out Goodfellas, which to me is probably one of the best mob movies ever made. Mm-hmm. And I'm still like, how the hell did this movie lose? But it also went up against movies like Ghost and Awakenings. And there was even the third Godfather got nominated too. But it's, I think the thing that's fascinating is the movies that win versus the movies that even though they lost, they still are standing the test of time like 30 years later. Like I watched Goodfellas this over the weekend and I just sat through the whole thing because I can watch that movie over and over and over again. It never gets old. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, there is such a thing as an Oscar movie. And I think Dances with Wolves was an Oscar movie. I mean, it was just like sprawling Western, three hours long or something, you know, <laughs> nearly three hours. Long. I mean, it, it was the epitome of an Oscar movie. Goodfellas wasn't. I mean, we didn't. Martin Scorsese didn't have a Best Picture win until The Departed. Yeah, which he should have won for Aviator because Aviator should have taken down Million Dollar Baby, which is like just an above average boxing drama, and The Aviator is fantastic. But again, like we said, you know, there's like things that should have won and things that you know should. Yeah. So let's dig into some of these years because it's kind of amazing uh, some of the stuff. So the way we're doing this is. We're going by the year of the Oscar ceremony, so it'll be for the previous year's movie. So we're doing the 82 Oscars, but this was for, like, movies in 81. Yeah, yeah. So the nominees for the Oscars that year were Chariots of Fire, Atlantic City, which I don't know, On Golden Pond, Raiders of the Lost Ark, which I I, I didn't realize until we were about to record that that was nominated for an Oscar. Kind of incredible. And Reds. Uh, The winner was Chariots of Fire. You think it should have been Raiders of the Lost Ark. Well, duh. Make your case. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Again, it's like the, you know, it's it's probably maybe the most famous action-adventure movie ever made. And it's friggin' unreal. It's fantastic. Just from, you know, from the boulder coming down, you know, just the, the visceralness of that moment. And, you know, there's romance, and there's Nazis, there's people, pun- you know, Indiana Jones punching Nazis, there's Indiana Jones shooting rando... Um, people in the market, you know, poison dates, melting faces. I mean, this movie has it all. <laughs> it's interesting. And, and then Chariots of Fire. Chariots of Fire had like a cool theme. 
the Vangelis thing. It's the theme that of the, the scene. Only, yeah, that is the only thing anybody ever remembers about that movie. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, on Colton Pond swept the actor actress category, so Henry Fonda won and Catherine Hepburn, which is interesting. Well, I mean, um, those are those are some Oscar favorites right there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's go to the next year that kind of jumps out in our mind. These are films from '89, so this is the '90 Oscars. This list, I read the whole thing and was kind of like, wow, this is a pretty good list. Driving Miss Daisy, Born on the Fourth of July, Dead Poets Society, Field of Dreams, and My Left Foot. And do the right. This is the year. Do the right thing. Didn't even get in. That's incredible too. Yeah. Um, Driving Miss Daisy won. I lean Dead Poets Society. Your pick was Field of Dreams. Well, Field of Dreams is the best movie ever made. That's a very big statement <laughs> from you. That's if a anybody hot knows me, they know, you know, that is my favorite movie of all time. That's a hot take like a super fast fastball. Not really. I mean, it's just like that movie has everything. Yeah. I mean, Raiders of the Lost Ark has everything, too. But I think Field of Dreams is just like that That movie just gets you right in the feels. Like, especially for a dude, that, that movie gets you right in the feels. And Driving Miss Daisy is just like, you know, it, again, it was fine. And we'll get to the... We'll get to the green bookness in a little bit, but it's just like it's it's a fine movie, it's a well acted movie. But it's just like when there's other things like Born on the Fourth of July is just like that's a, I mean that's a gut punch of a movie, mm-hmm. you know. Especially do the right thing. Do the right thing should have been in there, totally. And I think there, you know, it's just like there's some years where it's just like a movie that's fine shouldn't win. A movie that like something it needs it should be special. Best picture win. When should go to something that like isn't just like a regular movie. It's just like this was an experience. This was something that like touched lives and changed lives and just like altered existences. And that's not driving Miss Daisy. No, it's really not. No, it's totally not. And it's, it's some of the other films in there. I mean, are just so much more like leave such a bigger impression. Dead yeah. Poets Society. I mean, Robin Williams was fantastic in that movie. Yeah, I mean, and that I, I was in high school. I don't remember watching that. That particular Oscars, I don't. Um, at that time, Dead Poet Society was probably a favorite because, like you said, that kind of Robin Williams speech and like, "Oh, Captain, my Captain," and you know, the kids finding their their mentor with this English teacher and everything that took people by storm. Then, and I also think was that Robin Williams' first nominee for Best Actor, or one of? I think I think it was for Tom Cruise. Yeah. Because he was nominated for Born on the Fourth of July. Right. And I think, yeah, I think it's probably one of Robin Williams' first ones. By the way, that actor list is pretty incredible. It had Tom Cruise, Robin Williams, Morgan Freeman. Yeah. And Daniel Day-Lewis, who ended up winning. The other interesting winners, though, there were a couple that are pretty wild. Little Mermaid won two awards. They won for score and for a song. I didn't realize Back to the Future Part Two got nominated. Oh, for, for sound? Visual effects. Visual effects, yeah. <laughs> well, no, because it, because there was so much of that the stuff in the beginning when he went to the future, and there was like the Jaws that came that came out. And there was a lot of futuristic stuff that like with effects. Yeah, this is also the year uh, Denzel won his Oscar for Glory. So, um, okay, nineteen ninety five. So these are the films from ninety four. This is another pretty good year too. Uh, the nominees were Forrest Gump, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Pulp Fiction, Quiz Show, and The Shawshank Redemption. This is one I think where Brian and I are going to disagree because I actually think Forrest Gump deserved a win. You think it was Pulp Fiction, though? Yes, because Pulp Fiction pretty much changed Hollywood. Again, we go back to the thing of like a best picture should feel special. You watch Pulp Fiction. I mean, you watch Forrest Gump. You know, 
it was like all heartfelt and it was, you know, Tom Hanks and Tom Hanks running around and, you know, Forrest Gump through the years meeting next. You know, it was like it's that again, we go back to Oscar movies. That was an Oscar movie. But you watch Pulp Fiction and you didn't know about Pulp Fiction. And you walked into that movie cold and you're like, what did I just watch? Because you there were no, no one had made a movie like that before. It is a fantastic movie. I mean, that movie still plays. I cannot watch that movie enough. And even though it's, you can see its flaws. The fact of like, even then, it took it took Hollywood by storm. And you, and they, you know, it it was just like it was a foot in the butt to to a whole industry. And it's, I mean, that and Clerks and everything. I mean, that that kickstarted the indie movement that, like, you know, we still see. I think Quentin Tarantino has never, you know, he's never won a Best Picture. And I think if if he wins for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I'd be okay with that because that's, it's probably like, he should, it's a long time coming for a movie of his. I think Inglorious Bastards probably should have won. That was, that was a great flick too. But I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you know, it, it's, it's not quite an Oscar movie, but it's like, it, it talks about Hollywood and Oscar voters love movies about Hollywood. We'll see that. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit because that's my theory for why I could win the best picture. But um, also, Pulp Fiction got nominated for quite a few Oscars that year, too, because John Travolta got nominated for actor. Samuel L. Jackson got mm-hmm. nominated for supporting. You know, you mentioned Tarantino. Um, it got a lot of nominations that year. So for me, Forrest Gump, I think that is one for me. That's probably my favorite Tom Hanks performance. I think he was just throughout just Not splash. <laughs> oh, you know, I left out. Not like, bosom buddies. Come I left on, out man. bachelor party. I left out. What's the one? Uh, the burbs. The burbs. Was it money pit? Was the money other pit? One? Yeah. Oh god. Yeah, I gotta rethink this. Maybe it's not Forrest Gump. Um, but no, I, that to me is one of his signature roles. So I just he. Know. I mean, he is fantastic. Also, yeah. Gary Sinise is wonderful in that movie right. too. I just think that that movie is so saccharine, especially like, especially. In hindsight, you know, you look back on it, it's just like, you know, when you first, again, when you first watch it, you're very much into, like, the to the story. It's an Oscar movie, but it's a different kind of Oscar movie. It's, it's you know, you really feel for this guy who, like, who goes through history and he just wants to get back to this, you know, the the one love he has who, like, he can never quite get with, you know, through whatever, you know, through history or circumstance or whatever. And... You know, it's it's a it's a moving story, but it is just saccharine as hell. And I just and it's like, you know, that's fine. Saccharine is a is a running theme at the Oscars, especially like around this time. Because driving Miss Daisy, there's a whole lot of that too. Um, but it's just like, yeah, just I mean, Pulp Fiction, I guess, was so different that like maybe maybe the voters just didn't know what they were watching at at, at that moment. They didn't, you know, or they didn't like the fact that like. Their industry was changing. I don't know. Yeah. A um, couple other notable winners. Speed won two Oscars. Speed was a good movie. Speed, yes. Best sound effects editing and best sound. So, yeah. oh, Speed's a fantastic movie. I mean, we, Suicide Squad's won an Oscar. You got to remember that. I know. But it's <laughs> it, it's always fun watching these movies. You're like, oh, yeah, that oh, yeah. one. Oh, yeah. yeah. True Lies also nominated for an Oscar, which I totally forgot about. Um, but anyway, let's, okay, let's jump to one more. So we're going super current. We're going to 2019. Which would be the films that released in 2018. So the nominees that year were Green Book, Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Roma, A Star Is Born, and Vice. So Green Book, as we mentioned, won. 
but you think there were two movies that actually sh- probably should have won. Well, so I remember going into last year's Oscars, and it's like, oh, God, please don't let Bohemian Rhapsody win. You know, that would be like the worst case scenario. It was a ceremony that honored a lot of black voices. I mean, you saw Regina King win. You saw Mahershala Lee win for, for Green Book. You want, you saw Spike Lee finally win an Oscar for, for screenwriting. And Green Book winning was like, again, it's a fine movie. It's a well-crafted movie that's centered on a black musician that's told from a white point of view. And I think it would have meant more in that ceremony to honor like Black Klansman, which was a fantastic movie. And it talked about our racist past and reflected kind of like our own issues with it currently. Or Black Panther, which is just like, I mean, that was a superhero movie that made a ton of money and then like created a friggin' movement. And just Green Book. It's just like, again, you know, it's Green Book is more of an Oscar movie. It was fine. There was a chance to really honor something that like, one of two movies that really was like special in their own way. And it's just, I feel, I feel like they missed the, they missed the boat. But this gets to an interesting point though. When we talk about a lot of the movies that you say are made for Oscars, mm-hmm. those also tend to be the movies that people kind of forget about in like five years. Yeah. And it's then the movies that kind of can do both that continue to resonate years and decades and everything else. Like we go back to the Goodfellas example where I'll watch Goodfellas over and over again. I don't know if Drive Miss Daisy's ever on TV at all. Yeah, it used Who's to be on TNT, like, but now Shawshank Redemption, another best that's another one. Yeah, yeah exactly. Was, yeah. I mean, there's so many. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of remarkable. Um, okay, I'm going to go. We're going to do a couple more years for Academy Awards because I want to get Brian's perspective on a couple more years and see yeah. if they're ones that he thinks should have won or could have won. I'm just going to pick a couple at random. I don't even, I, there's no rhyme or reason to this. We're just going to go at random. All right, let's go 2010. So the King's Speech won. The other nominees were 127 Hours, Black Swan, The Fighter, Inception, uh, The Kids Are All Right, Social Network, Toy Story 3, which I forgot. This is when they started getting more nominees in, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, True oh, no, it was a year before. The year before That's when right, the Hurt Locker won. Yeah. yeah. True Grit and Winner's Bone. So a lot of people, I think, would have given it to Social Network, which is, again, I like Social Network. I would not have given it to the King's Speech. I would have given it to Black Swan. Really? Yes, because it would have been it would have only been like the second horror movie to ever win because Silence of the Lambs was the first one. But Black Swan is just so good because it's it it shows the psychological horror of like obsession. In this case like a you know, a ballerina, you're just so into, you know, com- competitiveness and obsession and everything. It like it turns dark. Like, really dark. And it's just like that. I mean, it, there was so much kind of cool visuals with that movie, and it was just a, a cool story. And I, I just think that should have won. I, I, the Inception Inception was would have been fine, too. I think that, that was, again, that was a movie that, like, you never seen anything like that before. Christopher Nolan's good at making those, those genre movies that kind of, like, really test, that take one genre and then just kind of go flying and lying and put in a whole bunch of other ones. So I think Inception would have been good too. King's Speech, again, I don't, I don't, do we go back and watch King's Speech? I don't. Mm-hmm. It's fine. <laughs> uh, okay, let's do 2005 because that was a year that I was controversial because that's the year Crash won for Best Picture. Oh, yes. The other nominees <laughs> were Brokeback Mountain, Capote, Good Night and Good Luck in Munich. Who's your pick? Uh, yeah, Brokeback Mountain should have won. I, any, any of those other four would have been fine. Capote even, Capote was cool. Um, 
Yeah, but I think Brokeback Mountain, again, we go back to like a chance to really say something. A thing, you know, that, um, you know, giving best picture to a movie, you know, it was about two gay cowboys that would have been saying something. But, you know, we, we get Crash, which is like considered to be like the dumbest choice for an Oscar film ever. <laughs> again, it's fine. It's like, yeah. it's fine. But it's just, again, it like, it, it's one of those movies that didn't even do the job of telling its own story well. It was like intertwining things about, you know, racial strife in L.A. And it's just kind of like didn't really kind of work. And, you know, you had two gay cowboys right there just waiting. And Ang Lee, I think Ang Lee won. Ang Lee won Best Ang Director. Ang Lee won Best Director. Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal both got nominated. Yeah. They both won. Uh, Heath Ledger lost to Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Jake Gyllenhaal lost to George Clooney for Syriana. Yeah. That so. makes sense. And then Heath Ledger, you know, ultimately won, you know. Yeah, posthumously with yeah. Dark Knight. Um, okay, here's another one that jumped out that I thought was kind of interesting. This is 2001, so this would have been movies from 2000. So A Beautiful Mind, Gosford Park, In the Bedroom, The Lord of the Rings, the first one, and Moulin Rouge. So A Beautiful Mind one. I was fine with that. I did like A Beautiful Mind. I, Moulin Rouge would have been my pick because we go back to I Love a Good Musical. But Moulin Rouge was like, you know, we now have Moulin Rouge on... Broadway, and we hadn't really seen an original musical, like not like based on something else. That was like an. I mean, it would use like bits and pieces of like popular songs in an interesting way. It's it's kind of like a quasi jukebox musical in a way. It was different than any musical we'd seen for a while. It was original. It you know it had something to say, but you know, Beautiful Mind was fine. That was an Oscar movie. I mean, that was, you know, you got Russell Crowe as, like, you know, a genius mathematician guy who, like, some, you know, there's something a little off about him. You know, there's a, there's a total really good story. So I was fine with that. So let's look bigger picture. Let's circle it back to this year's Oscars, because one thing that seems to come up every year is, is the committee that picks all these nominees out of touch? Does it seem like they got most everything right this year? Um, <laughs> with the one black person who got nominated for an act, for I mean, for you know, I yeah, I mean, they're out of touch, <laughs> big um, time. I had you again. Well, the, the worst one was like, how do you not nominate Jennifer Lopez? Seriously, that was the dumbest thing I've seen in a while. Dumb. Yeah. How I mean, again, Jennifer Lopez is one of the like biggest stars in the world. She acts her butt off. She dances her butt off. In a in a great role. How do you not? How do you, again, I don't know. I that like boggles my mind. They got all the best picture nominations right, except for Joker. I would have put Knives Out instead of Joker, but or Booksmart. But most of them, most of them were fine. But how they leave out Jennifer Lopez is just egregious. So, because we we talk about this a lot the last few years, whether. What can be done to fix this? Is this a, just a generational thing where we just have to wait for new blood basically to come in and then maybe we get, you know, the... the All the old white people die off? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's it's Because we've had... I mean, I've talked to, like, you know, people I work with about this. It's just like, you know, because, I mean, how many times can we write the Oscar so white story? We're going to have that a lot. I mean, we've still got a few years about that, I think. Because I think it, it's it's going to take a while for, you know, Hollywood moves like a dinosaur. 
it's going to have it, but it all comes back to the studios too the studios have to put out movies with you know strong strong performances from people of color strong stories of their stories you know you know you had things like the farewell which i i didn't love but i mean i i, I liked that it. it was a story about like it, you know pe- people different from me and i think you know those people could see themselves in a, in a movie and i think that was kind of cool i like that's why i thought crazy rich asian should have been nominated last year because that was that was just a fantastic movie of, that we don't get to see a lot of mm-hmm. but i think we're gonna have to have more of those we need to get you know you have plenty of actors that can pull off these 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 roles you know give them the, give them the right roles and you know to go with one last historical question then we're going to stop what's your worst best picture winner ever in your opinion what's the what's the biggest example of no way this movie wins oh hold on let me go let me go find it cuz i did rank the worst picture so basically we're looking at the worst best picture yeah i did rank these the Broadway Melody from 1929. <laughs> what? Yes. Okay. I've actually seen it. Wow. Yeah. I'm impressed. Because okay. me and my wife, like a few years ago, we had this like grand plan of watching every best picture, like from from the start, like going through them all and like putting them on a tumbler. We got like two or three in and we didn't get very far. But we saw Wings, which Wings was like the first winner. It was a silent, silent movie. It was okay. It was pretty okay, even for silent movie. But Broadway Melody Man, that was stupid. It's just stupid. <laughs> Movies. What a deep cut. Do you have a more recent one that's like really bad? I mean, Crash. Like, yeah. So, so I did rank these. I have not um, updated them with with anything yet. So yeah. So Don't it give was, it all away though, because you can read it on Life.USA Today. Right. Yeah, you can. Um, so number one was yeah, the Broadway Melody, which was oh yeah, it's terrible. Just terrible. Uh, Crash was number two. The Greatest Show on Earth, 1952. It was a 152-minute commercial for Barnum and Bailey's Ringling Brothers Circus. Dumb. Although it has Jimmy Stewart as a clown who never takes off his makeup. So that's that was kind of it. That's fascinating. Yes. Wow. Uh, number four was Cavalcade. Just kind of like Downton Abbey before Downton Abbey. So, okay. But boring. And uh, Drive Miss Daisy's number five. Oh, well, there you go. All right then. Slumdog Millionaire was like number ten, but I think it might be moving out of the top ten with Green Book. Green Book might get get in there. Ah, well, we'll find out. Slumdog Millionaire. I so I need to vent about Slumdog Millionaire again. Fine movie, pretty good movie, and then for me, ruined it right at the end because there was like some Bollywood dance breaks out right at the end as a, as a closing credit start. Ruined the entire movie for me. I know it's like a thing that like people enjoy it and everything. For me, I just, uh, no. Ruined the entire movie. Oh, well, there you go. By the way, that was for 2009 Oscars, um, which beat out a lot of movies. I don't know if anybody watches these. Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Frost Nixon. Good. For, yeah. Oh, Frost Nixon, man. Frost Nixon, Frosty Nixon. Yeah. That was, that's a good <laughs> flick. <laughs> At, no, that's a well. I, Michael Sheen and Franklin Langella. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, Milk and the Reader. Yeah. Frosty Nixon. Yeah. Also the year that uh, Heath Ledger won for Dark Knight. There you go. So Dark Knight should have won, pretty much. Well, what what are you going to (laughs) do? Okay, listeners, it's your turn. Um, Are you looking forward to the Oscars this year? Who do you think wins Best Picture? Is there a snub that really sticks out to you that you're really upset about? Are you going to watch this 1929 film that Brian was talking about a few minutes ago? Don't do it. (laughs) Wing. Go see Wings. 
Wings isn't interesting. Like, the first Best Picture winner ever. It's a silent movie. It's about pilots. It's pretty good. There you go. Are you going to see Wings? Wings or Wing? I keep confusing it with the TV show. Wangs. Wangs. <laughs> Watch both the movie and the TV show. They're awesome. Let's talk about it all on Twitter. You can find us at Mothership Pod or you can tweet at us individually. I'm at Brett Molina23. I'm at Brian Truitt. Don't forget, Kelly is still at TCAs, I think. This is like month two right now, so she should be back very soon. Don't forget, you can email us too. We're at MothershipPod at USAToday.com. Well, that'll do it for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Special thanks to our pilot slash producers of The Mothership this week, Shannon Green and Natalie Boyd. If you like the podcast and don't want to miss an episode moving forward, you can subscribe to The Mothership for free on Apple Podcasts. While you're there, how about you leave us a rating or a review because it helps other people who love nerdy pop culture find us. We get great feedback and you get a shout out in the next episode. Um, If Apple Podcasts isn't your thing, you can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, Until next week, nerds out. Later. Later.